Welcome to the Aurora Cornerstone Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We hope today's message is an encouragement to you. It's wonderful to be here this morning, and, uh, and we have the honor and the privilege of having uh, Scott Jackson here from Life 100.3, and I'm not going to tell you too much about him because he can do that. He, he can share a little bit about what's going on. Um, and so today he's going to be sharing with us, and he's going to be um, telling us a little bit of what God has placed on his heart. So um, can we give him a round of applause as we introduce Scott? All right. I'm going to stay down here on the floor. Everyone can still see me okay? I can see, I can see everyone, so that means I can see you, you can see me. It's nice to be back. I've spoken here quite a few times. Uh, I think recently was uh, two years ago. I'm so glad I've got this microphone here because I'm a radio guy. If I don't have a microphone, then I can't do the gig. It's kind of like having a teddy bear. It's my comfort, so having the microphone is very nice. I'm originally from Toronto. I grew up in Toronto. I went to high school there, went to college there. I took a radio course at Humber College. Met my wife when we were very young. Uh, we were boyfriend and girlfriend. Met each other in grade seven. Come on, grade seven. We're still together. <laughs> Praise God for that. Uh, we have two grown kids. Both of them have grown up in a Christian home. Uh, Janice works at Life 100.3, my wife Janice, and I play percussion uh, at Living for Jesus Outreach Ministries, which is my home church in Aurelia. Yeah, that's me out there. <laughs> I manage, in my spare time, I manage two uh, national recording artists. One is Luke Langman, the other is Tom Rowe. So I'll tell you a bit about those guys right now. Luke is originally from Elmvale. He's a farmer in Elmvale, and he plays uh, pop worship music that you would hear, and you hear him all the time on Life 100.3. He's had some really great opportunities opening for bands like The Color and Sky Terminal and John Newfeld. Last year, Luke and I went to Nashville to record a couple of songs. One is playing on Life uh, now called Can't Escape, and the other one nobody's ever heard, but I can tell you guys what it's called. It's called Beyond, and it will be on life starting in January, and we're hoping that we'll get airplay right across the country as we promote it to all the different Christian radio stations. So Luke is one of the guys that I manage. The other fellow is Tom Rowe. Tom is from Wasaga Beach, and he is a country gospel artist, and I've known Tom for probably about 10 years. Uh, the neat thing about Tom is uh, he's 72 now, and he had not been in a recording studio. He had never made a record. He had never really been on tour. He had never had a manager until the age of 70. And thinking like Tom, he becomes 70 years old, and you think, my best years are probably behind me. Big things aren't going to happen. And then God brought us together. We were able to put him in a recording studio to make this album. He's had his songs played on the Gospel Greats, which is a program that we run on Saturday morning, and it's syndicated across North America. So with one airplay on the Gospel Greats, his songs are heard on 250 radio stations. So that's pretty excited for Tom. Uh, so I'm his manager, I'm also his road manager, and I'm also his percussionist. And we did 135 shows last year, mostly in retirement homes and a few in churches. So that's pretty cool, and I love playing with Tom. So Luke and Tom keep me fairly busy. And before all that started, still speaking about music artists, it was in 2012 that I joined up with a Christian rock band called Anthem for Today. 
And together we did 150 shows, released two albums. We had four Covenant Award nominations by the Gospel Music Association of Canada. One of them we won, which was for Modern Rock Song of the Year. And uh, they played here, I think it was in 2014, and we played on this stage, actually. So I left the band in 2016, and they're not doing anything right now, but I wrote a book about my time with them. It's kind of like a journal. It's not like a tell-all thing. It's, uh, it's a journal to remind me when I get older of the good times that I had with these, with these five boys. And I'm selling the book in the lobby if you want to pick it up and just know more about that. The book is called Herding Kittens. And... There it is. It's not like, I'm not hurting the kittens. It's like hurting kittens. And it was given to me by, um, the name was given to me by a friend. And he said, you know, when you're working with a bunch of 20-year-olds, and you're saying, okay, guys, come on, we're going to the stage now. It's time to do the show. And they're like sauntering along. <laughs> come on, guys, it's like showtime. It's like trying to herd kittens, trying to get these guys to do something. So that's where the name herding kittens come from. All right, so here we are, Life 100.3. Back in August, we celebrated 20 years on the air. I can't believe it's been 20 years. God's goodness, praise God, for 20 years. And we started a little smaller. Uh, we started at 1,800 watts, and the CRTC gave us a power boost up to 40,000 watts. We started with four full-time people. We're now at 14 full-time people, 14 full-time, four part-time. The new position that we started, that we opened up just a few months ago, is for um, media, is for social media. So we have somebody dedicated to doing Facebook and Instagram and YouTube videos and just to keep us in, in the eyes of social media. So it's a new position and they tell me that it's really necessary, so I went, okay, I guess we'll hire this person, and, and it's going really well. Our promotions manager, uh, Crystal Martin, who is also my daughter, uh, she, one of the things she does is she books movie tours, so we get the licensing for big blockbuster Hollywood movies that are Christian movies, and then we bring them on tour to different churches, and I believe it's going to be coming here in a couple of weeks. So that's awesome to be able to show people movies. It gets people to come into a church which they may not have done before, and it's also a way that we can, we can honor God and celebrate God and through movies, through entertainment. All right, so I'm going to show you a video in just a second. And we have in the lobby when you came in, you probably saw the shirts and bumper stickers and, and all this fun stuff. And the reason why we have all this stuff, it's fun to have merchandising, but it's to remind you of the main thing in your life, which is Jesus Christ. Uh, there's a lot of great radio stations on the radio dial that you can choose from. We're honored that you would listen to Life 100.3 because we are the only station that points up. So all this merchandise points to the radio station, and then when you listen to us, then we can point up. And that's really what we're all about. That is what we're all about. All right, so if you've never been in a radio station or you want to go behind the scenes of Life 100.3, I'm going to show you this little short video, so let's watch it now. Good morning, Cornerstone. Oh. Well, I thought I'd just take a few moments and talk a little bit about Life 100.3 because I've been connected right from the earliest days. I just am ministered to all the time when I, when I think about what Life has done and what they're doing. I love a number of the segments, those little segments from Joyce Myers or Max Licato or Billy Graham that just give that little devotional thought that just kind of gets you thinking throughout the day, that's a tremendous truth or um, focus on the family. There's a staple that I can't do without. Talking about marriages or what to do with your children, even adult children at that, don't tell my kids. Uh, one of my favorite things from Life 100.3 is praise and worship, especially on Sundays. 
where uh, it just elevates me and prepares my heart for what God's going to do in my own life. So I thank God for Life 100.3. I thank God for this ministry. It was raised up by Him, and I pray it will continue until He returns. And I am thrilled to endorse it and to endorse it to you and encourage you to continue to support, not only by listening, but telling others of what Life 100.3, participating in the share and supporting life. So uh, trust you'll enjoy the morning. Lord bless. Baby, if you ever wake up Tired, but you're ready to start your day Just tune your radio to my favorite station Christian Radio Life 100.3 Sunday, August 15th, 1999, broadcasting at 1800 watts from Edgar, Ontario, Canada. This is CJLF, owned and operated by Trust Communications Ministries. Starting life back in 1999, wow, let me think, that was a while ago. For me, it just seemed like a natural idea because I love radio. My experience up until then was 20 years at different radio stations, and combining my faith and my experience seemed like the right thing to do. 60 seconds to launch. Transmitter check. Transmitter, go. I went and spoke at CBMC in Barrie, that's where the Christian business guys meet for lunch and, and share ideas. And I shared my amazing idea of starting a Christian radio station, but that was a bit disappointing. A lot of people just want to wait and see, right? They don't believe you. And when you're an entrepreneur, that can be really discouraging when people don't see your vision and don't get excited with you. Stand by to launch Christian Radio 100.3. I remember I was at a business luncheon one time and the guy next to me said, so you're going to start a Christian radio station, are you? Nine, eight, seven, six. And I said, yeah. And he said, that'll be a tough nut to crack. Two, one. Hey there, I'm Steve Bradley, Ministry Relations Director at Life 100.3. Recently, I had the opportunity to sit down with Pastor Rick Buck about the impact that life has had on his life personally and the life of his congregation. The longer you have something, the more you can take it for granted. Mm -hmm. I think the same is true for Christian Radio. We've had it for two decades and it'd be easy to get comfortable and, you know, just kind of cruise and say, hey, you know, it's doing fine. It's great. Don't They don't need me. But... I think to remain full of gratitude and respond to say we are a privileged community to have this here in our community and uh, let's get involved whatever way we can. Through the years, I've just heard uh, so many different stories from people, you know, uh, whether it's been the music, you know, a song that's come on the radio that's touched mm -hmm. a heart and, you know, brought someone to tears, to a place of encouragement. Yep. 
to have that constant voice throughout the day. Anytime mm -hmm. you want to need to turn on Life 100.3 and you get an opportunity to think God's thoughts after him, to think on things that are true and beautiful and excellent, you know, yeah. trustworthy as Philippians 4 talks about. And I, I love that about Christian radio. Hey, I'm David Mann, host of The Afternoons. As your Christian radio station, we are so committed to serving you, and we realize that our primary audience is you at church. Each year, we visit about 50 churches on Sundays, just like this one. It's a great opportunity to bring the excitement of our station to meet you, and it's always a bonus when we get to hear stories about how you've been impacted by the ministry of Life 100.3. There's been several moments in, in my journey as a pastor where uh, you, you get discouraged and you get down. And I remember this one particular program that was being played uh, by Charles Stanley, and he was talking about grace and talking about mercy in a particular uh, message that he was preaching. And I was just feeling so, uh, so down that day, and his message absolutely inspired me. It encouraged me. It gave me uh, just a, a, a tremendous amount of, uh, of hope that day. The best thing for me about listening to life is that I constantly have such encouraging and uplifting spiritual food that nourishes my soul and helps me stay focused on God's truth for my life. I can't imagine going through my life without life. I'm Crystal Martin from the Life 100.3 Promotions Department. Life 100.3 is both a radio station and a ministry. We're a radio station with great music, weather and traffic reports, and fun contests and concerts. You can be entertained and informed, but that's not our mission. Our mission and what makes us different from other radio stations is pointing people to Jesus. When we're on location at events all across central Ontario, we bring fun merch, which can be a great conversation starter, but also free Bibles for people who don't have one. When we have a concert, the artist shares why Jesus is so important in their life. And our contests, well, those are mostly for fun, but if people listen to win a prize, they'll keep listening and they'll hear music that points back to Jesus. It is humbling to think that God has been able to use Life 100.3 to change lives simply because someone heard a song on the radio or a challenging sermon from one of our teaching programs, or they were listening to a DJ read the Word of Life and heard a Bible verse they needed to hear. These situations don't happen once in a while, they happen every day. When you support Life 100.3, you're helping us reach that next person with the song they need to hear. It is an honor to be an extension of your ministry. When you support Life 100.3, you help us reach people you may not have the ability to reach yourself. Thank you for entrusting us with that responsibility. All right, the infomercial is over. We want to get into God's Word right now. A friend of mine, a pastor in Aurelia, spoke these words. He actually posted it on Facebook, so I'm going to put it up here for you right now. There we are. It was Pastor Michael Bells, and he said, We are in a war between dullness and astonishment. The most critical issue facing Christians is not abortion, pornography, the disintegration of the family, moral absolute, MTV, drugs, racism, sexuality, or school prayer. The critical issue today is dullness. We've lost our astonishment. The good news is no longer good news. It's okay news. Christianity is no longer life-changing. It's life-enhancing. Jesus doesn't change people into wild-eyed radicals anymore. He changes them into nice people. I think that's true, and that's really sad that that's the way we're accepting it. And, and sometimes I feel guilty. Maybe I'm doing that too. I just don't know too many people who are excited about their salvation, 
Like, what is salvation? It's being saved from hell, right? We know that. I think we all know that. The fiery pit of hell that we've read about, uh, it's nonstop, non-ending torment. There's no sleep. Sometimes I feel like that now. Getting no sleep, it's just darkness. Hell is a place without God, and it's the whining and gnashing of teeth that we hear about in the Bible. Do we believe that? I think we don't believe that, because if we did... We wouldn't be sitting here right now. We would be out there telling the whole world that there's a real place called hell. Jesus died so that we don't have to go to hell. He saved us from hell, and he's sending us to heaven. That is incredible news. Hello, is this thing on? I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. You know, I I love a group called the Rolling Stones, and I like their music. Um, They're not going to the same eternal destination where I'm going, at least at this point. Hopefully, they'll change their minds. But the last thing on my bucket list is I really wanted to say hello to Mick Jagger. I don't need to interview him or anything like that. I just want to, like, say hi. I think that would be really cool. And as much as I want to do that, that is nothing compared to the excitement that I'm going to face when I get to heaven and I get to meet Jesus face to face. We have this book, and it tells us all about the majesty and the beauty of heaven, And then when we get there, we're going to be worshiping with the saints and the angels forever. And we're never going to get tired because it's going to be nonstop eternity and awesomeness. I don't know how incredible that would be compared to meeting this rock star. It'll be like a hundred times, a hundred times, a hundred times better. I can't even find the words to describe how I'm going to feel when I get to meet Jesus face to face. We use the word awesome to talk about God. And awesome is, it seems like... A cheap word because it minimalizes God's awesomeness. There isn't another word. And heaven with all of its incredibleness. And every day we're going to wake up and God's going to blow our minds every day with this awesomeness that never ends because he never ends because he's unlimited. Can you imagine waking up every day and like there's something new that God is going to show us and that's going to go on for all of eternity, every day, forever, and it's never going to end. And we say, that's awesome. I guess we have no other word to describe it. Do we really believe that we're going to heaven as born-again Christians? Do we believe that? We do, right? I didn't see anybody nod yes, but yes, like, I believe that. We are such dull people. We're, like, just sitting here and, like, yes, I'm going to be going to heaven to be with the Creator. Like, Like, it's nothing. What's wrong with us? Like, we understand it academically, but in our spirit, I think... It's not connecting. We're not meditating on it. It just doesn't feel real. Maybe, maybe we're bored with our salvation. But we believe it. So why don't we go around telling people? I mean, when was the last time you led somebody to the Lord? Leading somebody to the Lord. What does that, what does that mean? It's like telling them about God, right? God is in our lives. So we should be telling people because he's the king of kings. We know that. We sing it in all these great songs. He's the answer to our prayers. He's the answer to every prayer. He's the answer, period. He's the healer. He's our provider. He's the lover of our souls. We tell people about God. We tell them, you know what God's doing in my life right now? He's doing this amazing thing, and we tell people what he's doing. We tell people how we're different now because since we gave our hearts to Jesus. He's done a work in us, and he's still doing it. And, and after all of this is over, then we get to go up there to be with him forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. That's what we want to tell people. 
But we tell people about the movie that we saw last week, and we tell them about the hockey game that was on last night, and we tell them about this really cool shirt that they got on the internet sometime. Do you know that there are, are people who have never led someone to the Lord? Maybe many, many people here. Well, I plant seeds. I'm not the one who waters them. Somebody else waters them. It's like, give me a break. That is an excuse. We are too lazy to share our faith. Or maybe, maybe we're not even prepared. Maybe we're not equipped. Maybe we don't know how to share our faiths. You know, the Bible says that we're always supposed to have an answer. 1 Peter 3.15, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. So what's our excuse? What's your excuse? You can't because the Bible commands it. It says, always be prepared, always. It doesn't say if it's convenient for you. It says, always be prepared. So if you don't know how to lead somebody to the Lord and tell them about your faith, then you need to learn how to do that. I'm going to use this cliche. I hate this cliche, but it's going to work in this application. If your best friend was dying of cancer and you knew the answer to cancer, you knew the healing, would you tell them? Of course you would tell them. Of course you would. Or would you not tell them because oh, I don't want to interfere, I don't want to get in their way or anything? Of course you would tell them. Because if you didn't tell them, then they would die, and you would have the cure. So, of course, you would tell them, well, we're all going to die anyway at some point. How about going to heaven? When you die, are you going to take your best friend with you, your, your mom, your dad, your neighbor? Are you going to take all these groups of people that you care about and that you love? That's not a rhetorical question. Are you going to be taking all these people with you? Yes. Well, I hope so. Have you told your mom and your dad and your neighbor and your grandkids, have you told them about this life that you have with Jesus Christ? Because if you were really excited about your salvation, I think you'd get up now and leave, and you'd go and phone people and tell people and knock on their door. Right now, that's what we would do if we really, really, really believe it in our hearts. I know, it takes confidence, right? I mean, if you're shy, it's really hard to do that. Well, first of all, you need to know what the Bible says. So if you don't know what the Bible says, you need to learn what's in there. You need to know what God's Word says so that you can share it. If you don't know what it says, then you've got nothing to talk about. You also need to have a personal story. So if you are a Christian this morning, that means God has like reached down into your life and is changing, is constantly changing your life. And maybe there's a day, maybe there's a moment when you prayed to God and said, I want you in my life. Maybe you even know what that date is on the calendar. Many people do. If you're a Christian, you have a story. But maybe you haven't like thought out the story from beginning to end. Okay, how would I tell this to somebody? You need to plan your story. Always be prepared. You also need to be convincing. I mean, how are you going to reach into somebody's life if you're not a convincing personality? So it's like rehearse your, rehearse your story so that you can share it anytime, anywhere that you may be. Well, I don't have the personality to do that because I'm not really a good public speaker and I can't stand up in front of people. Listen, your friends are going to go to hell if you don't tell them what you know. Uh, I know that's really in your face. and Get out of my face, Scott, but this is true. If this is the biggest thing in our lives right now, that's what we should want to do. But I know it's really hard to evangelize, like your parents, for example. Oh, my goodness. My wife Janice and I tried to do that. Can you unscrew that for me? Thanks. 
like my dad. I did this with my dad 20 years ago, just as the station was a, the station had started. The movie that was out was The Passion of the Christ. And I said to my dad, wow, The Passion of the Christ, and imagine that like, Jesus is on the cross, and like he's all bloody and broken. And, and the night before, he said, God, if you could take this cup away from me, like, do I have to go through with it? And of course, he went through with it. And I said to my dad, you know what? He could have just like jumped off the cross, pulled out the nails, and said, forget this. I'm not doing this. Like, I'm tired of doing this. He could have done that because he's, because he's Jesus. And my dad says to me, well, if you believe that. And when my dad said that, I could just feel my heart like sinking, like, oh my goodness, my dad doesn't believe this. He, and he says, uh, I believe that Jesus was real, but he was a bad guy. I said, Jesus was a bad guy? How do you figure that Jesus was a bad guy? And my dad says, well, because wherever he went, it seemed like there was trouble. Yeah, I guess that's kind of true. <laughs> he hadn't talked to my dad about it for a long time after that. Janice talks to her mom. We were brand new Christians. This was about 30 years ago. And so, you know, when you're a new Christian, like, you're really excited to share your faith. Sometimes you're even annoying. And Janice goes out to lunch with her mom. And she says, uh, uh, Scott and I, we decided to become Christians. And her mom says, oh, no, not you too. And Janice was like, <sighs> and she just like melted. And she didn't share it again for 30 years. Almost 30 years. It was uh, a couple of years ago, and her mom was on her deathbed, and Janice went to see her, and she's on her deathbed, and Janice said, she told me, i got to tell her one more time. So Janice says to her mom, like, do you know where you stand with God? And her mom goes like this. She closed her eyes, and she turned her face away from her daughter, and then she passed away. That really hurts. <laughs> We both tried. We tried twice. Ultimately, it's their decision. All we can do is present the choice, and the rest is up to them. I wonder. I wonder when I get to heaven. I'm just trying to picture it now. I'm using my imagination. It's a little bit wonky. You know, I get up there, and, and God's saying, and your name, please. Like as if he doesn't know. Scott Jackson, he looks my name up in the Lamb's Book of Life. Oh, there it is. Your name's there. Why should I let you in? And I take this deep breath, and I say, well, I started this really cool radio station called Life 100.3, and we have 65,000 different people listening every week, because that's what the ratings tell us, and we have the street team, and we go on location, and we witness to people all the time, and God's going, uh-huh. And I say, well, listen, I led a whole bunch of people to Jesus, and I help homeless people. I buy people beds because they don't have a bed, and I'm a really good husband. I help my wife at home, and I look after my body because you call it a temple, and, and I didn't go into, I didn't, I'm not in debt. Well, I was in debt, but I'm not in debt anymore, and I've taken a pay cut, and God goes like, that's just stuff. <sighs> and Jesus is standing over there, and he says, excuse me, but he's with, he's with me, Scott's with me, and I'm, I'm with him. I'm, we're going in now, and I'm crossing the threshold, and I'm going into heaven, and God's going to tap me on the shoulder, and God's going to say to me, who did you bring with you? And I'm going to say, I brought all these people. We have to always be prepared to have an answer. If you've never led somebody to the Lord, then you are keeping the greatest secret of your life to yourself. And if you don't know how to lead somebody to the Lord, then I'd say one, take an alpha course, because they're amazing. 
and they have free food. Or you can, talk to, you can talk to Pastor Wayne or Isaac, and they will tell you how to do that. There is nothing more important than saving somebody from going to hell. There's nothing more important than saving somebody than going to hell. That's a really good place for an amen. This is a Pentecostal church, right? Okay. I thought they'd be jumping up and down more. All right. So you've led your friends to the Lord. They're a Christian. You're a Christian. You know, people are watching you. Your friend, your new friend, your new Christian friend is watching you. People are always watching us. We think they're not watching us. They're watching somebody else. They're watching us. They want to know, are we nice? Are we gentle? Are we slow to anger? <clears throat> Excuse me about oh, slow to anger. I'm having a problem with that one. Um, do you pray for people? And do your friends see Christ in you? And they look at you, do they see Jesus? Do they think about Jesus when they look at you? Sometimes we're, <laughs> we're lousy examples of Christ. In Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, there's this quote about being an ambassador. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God was making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. We are his ambassadors. You know what an ambassador is? An ambassador is somebody who gets all dressed up as a delegate from their country, and they go to foreign countries on behalf of their country to meet with big officials overseas. You're representing your country. That's who we are. On behalf of Jesus, we are his ambassador. He's telling us, it's not even a suggestion, he's telling us to do that. But we can be a really lousy example. On my best day, on my very best day, I'm doing okay as an ambassador. I'm doing okay. I've got a lot of character flaws, but I'm doing it. I've led people to Christ. I'll give you a couple of examples because it's really exciting when people come to the Lord. Janice and I took a couple out for dinner. He was a born-again Catholic, a born-again Catholic, and his wife was deeply in love with him. They had a great relationship. They had four young boys. They went to church every single week, so they raised their boys in a Christian home. And we're having dinner, and he's, I, I knew his testimony, so I'm focusing on her. And I said, so, like, how did you come to the Lord? And she's, well, it's just, it's kind of been like that. And I said, well, like, wasn't there a moment in time when you accepted Jesus as your Savior? She says, no, no, not really. And, like, I know she's a Christian, but she, she doesn't have this, she doesn't have this story. So there wasn't, like, something that happened, and she said, uh, I don't think so. So I look over at her husband with, like, one eyebrow raised and says, can I do this? And he's, he's going, yeah. So I have his permission. So I talked to her, and before dinner started, she was a member of, of the kingdom, and I led her to the Lord right there. And that was like a moment of change. She didn't have that story, but now she has that story. I was working in North Bay at a radio station. I can only do radio. It's the only thing I know. And uh, a kid from the former youth group called me up. I hadn't seen him for like two years, and Mark calls me up out of the blue, Hey, Mark, I haven't talked to you in, like, years. How's it going? Good. How's it going? And he said, yeah, I wonder if you could, um, you want to pray with me? I want to be a Christian. I said, you are a Christian. You were in the youth group those years ago. And he said, yeah, I wasn't really a Christian. It was, like, fun to go bowling and stuff, but I wasn't really a Christian then. He says, so, like, will you pray with me? And I said, yeah, like, it'd be an honor. So I, I prayed for him, with him. I led him to the Lord there when I was in North Bay, and he was on the phone. And I said, why? Why me? Why did you call me after like two or three years? And he said, well, I was watching you. I was watching how you talk to the kids and how you talk to your kids and your wife, and I was watching you. He was watching me all those years ago. I didn't, I never thought about it. 
just before Life 100.3 went on the air, I was teaching at Humber College. I was teaching the radio course because I don't know much about anything else. And uh, there was a student in my class. His name was Mike Christopher. And Mike was um, an outgoing, very charismatic, handsome guy. He had a really great voice. When he spoke, he was really interesting. Uh, like, if you, were, if you were to come to this class, you would say, that guy's going into radio. Like, you just knew he was going to go into radio. And uh, he said, so you're starting a Christian station. I said, yeah, I'm just waiting for the license to come in, and they're going to start this radio station. Wow, that'd be really cool. I'd love to work there. Well, we play all Christian music, you know. And he said, what's it sound like? And I said, well, here's a cassette. Do you guys know it? Yeah, you guys are old enough to know a cassette. Here's a cassette. You're applauding for the cassette? Uh, so I give him a cassette. Was it, like, it was my mixtape of all the, the new songs that I was listening to. The next week, he comes back to class with a cassette. He said, have you got another one? This music's really awesome. I said, I know it's awesome. We're going to play it on the radio. He said, wow, this is really good. Wow, I really like to do that. And I said, yeah? Well, let me ask you a couple of questions. And so I talked to him. We're in the parking lot on the park bench. I led him to the Lord in the parking lot. Then we went back to class. <laughs> and uh, at the end of the week, then I offered him the job, and he took it. And he was our first DJ at Life uh, doing the evening show, doing Slam and Christian Hits. And he called himself Mike C. on the air. He was there for about a year and a half. Then he moved to Toronto. He was a gifted announcer. Uh, in the radio world, you, you work in Barrie, and then you move like to London, and then you kind of move to Edmonton, and then you move to the big time. He went right to Toronto. So he was working at KISS 92 in Toronto. A couple years later, he moved out west. He's been out west for about 15 years, and uh, he's been the personality, the radio personality of the year in the west coast for many years. Like, he's famous. He makes a whole bunch of money. So he's done really well. Uh, to my knowledge, he's not following the Lord right now. I had a pastor sitting in my office a couple of years ago, and I was telling him that story that I just told you. And I haven't talked to Mike for a few years. I, I email him, and I don't hear back from him. I think maybe I remind him of something that he should be doing that he's not doing. I'm, I'm just guessing because he hasn't returned my calls or my emails. And I said to the pastor, you know, I... I feel like I should just give up. Like, why should I keep trying to reach him? And the pastor says, you may be the only Christian in his life, and when he wants God back in his life, he's going to think about you. And at that moment, my computer went ding because the email was coming in. So I glanced over. I kid you not, it was Mike C. emailing me saying, hey, how you doing? He hadn't done it in years. At the same moment, I was talking to the pastor. I know it sounds like I'm making it up, but I'm not. That actually happened. I'm getting chills now just thinking about it. Do you know how to lead somebody to Christ? This is what I do. It's easy for me because when you meet somebody, one of the first things you say is, so what do you do for a living? And they ask me, so what do you do for a living? Well, I work at a Christian radio station. Oh, what's that like? And so I get to tell them, like, it's an open door for me. It's a lot easier for me than it would be for people in a secular job. So then I'll ask them, like, do you believe in God? Um, yeah, you believe in God. Do you ever think about what happens when you die? And then they'll tell me what their concept is of what they think is going to happen. And I say, do you believe that there was a guy named Jesus? You do? Okay. Do you believe that he actually came to earth and he walked around like a human being for 33 years? So you believe that happened. Do you believe that they nailed him to a cross? Like that was the thing they did back in those days. Do you believe they did that? You believe that. So he was dead on the cross for three days. Do you believe that? 
He believed that. Okay. So he was like stone cold dead, and then he, he rose from the grave after three days. Do you believe that? You believe that. Wait a minute. He was dead for three days, not moving, decomposing. I think that happens like right away. And then he got up, and he lived, and he walked around, and then he like went up in the air, and he went to heaven as he ascended into heaven. Do you believe that? Yes. You believe that. Okay, so then are you ready to make Jesus your Lord and Savior? You believe all these things. And they say, yes. So then I'll ask them, Jesus forgives you for all the dumb things that you did, all the stupid mistakes that you made. It's all forgiven. Boom, just like that, if you want that. Do you want that? Yes, I want that. Okay, then you're going to put God first in your life. So then I pray with them. And I tell them, I'll pray. You don't even have to pray. Just repeat after me, and I'll do, I'll do all the thinking for you. They say it, and then at that moment I tell them, all the angels and all the saints in heaven are rejoicing. They are having a party. Kabukis are going off. Balloons are happening. Chocolate cake is being eaten. Everything is happening in heaven because Satan has lost another one to the wrong team, to our team, and everybody's rejoicing. That's a good place for an amen. Amen. So now... So now Jesus is your Lord and Savior, as he is for me, and he, as he is for you. He's your Lord and Savior. Two different things, right? He's your Savior because he saved you from hell. He's got you. Nothing can take you away from him. But he's also your Lord because you've made him the Lord of your life. So you've got him. He's got you. You've got him. That's it. And now, for the rest of your life here, everything you say and everything you do, every conversation, every song you listen to, every movie that you watch, everything is filtered and processed as a Christian because you're doing things differently. Because you've got the Holy Spirit in you to tell you, that's good, that's not good. Everything is processed as a Christian. You live differently. If those movies and those songs and those friends and the job and what you're eating, if it doesn't pass through the Christian filter then you probably shouldn't be doing it. You should probably be leaving it behind. So, okay, so your friend is a Christian. Awesome. And now you're living the Christian life. I love this verse from Philippians. It says, let your gentleness be evident to all. I think that should be at the top of Facebook because nobody is gentle when they're on Facebook. But we should be. That should be like a motto for us. Let your gentleness be evident to everybody. You're a Christian. Are you greedy? Do you share? Do you spend time with people? Do you laugh when they want to laugh? Do you cry when they want to cry? Do you listen when they just like to, they need to vent? Do you pick them up when they're down or when they have depression? For me, I do those things, and then I look for a void. I look for a hole in their life. And I found there's a lot. One of the holes that I love to fill is that people don't have beds, literally. They don't have a pillow to put their head on. And I've connected with three pastors who know where these people are. They're not really in my circle of influence, but the pastors are. And they can tell me that this family doesn't have a bed, and I can fill that need. And it's awesome to be able to do that. I know we're not supposed to brag about our good deeds, but I can brag about how God is making me happy to make other people happy. And when I help people, it feels good. I feel like I'm blessing the Lord. And, and I tell those people... When you can, then you help somebody else, and you buy somebody a bed. When you can do that. You can't do it now, but when you can. You know, we are all blessed with different things. Some people have connections or money or resources, and we give what we can give. We should all be doing that. Like, whatever we have to give, let's do that. 
I love going biking in Ottawa. Is the bike picture up there? Yeah, okay. I love going biking in Ottawa. I go every single year. I love going around the Rideau Canal and the Rideau River. It's flat. There's no hills. Yeah, no hills because you're following the water. That's why there's no hills. And uh, I go there every year, and I always stay at the same place. And I, I'm on Elgin Street, and there's a McDonald's on Elgin Street, and there's always people sitting in front of McDonald's, and, like, they're homeless, and they have no money. And I'm walking past them, and I'm walking past them. I should be doing something. I should give them some money. I'm not going to give them my money because I worked hard for my money. They'll probably drink it away or smoke it away. Well, why don't you go in and buy them some food? I could do that. This is James McDonald. He used to be on Life 100.3 and walk in the Word. He gave this message one day, and he said, if one of God's children is asking you for help, why don't you help them? Because if I give them money, they're going to, like, drink it away. And James McDonald says, that's not between you and them. That's between them and God. All you need to do is help them. <sighs> like, I can never, I wish I hadn't heard that sermon. <laughs> so I'm walking, I'm on Elegant Street, I'm going past McDonald's, the guy's sitting there, and I'm like, oh, do you want something to eat? He says, oh, yeah. Okay, let's go into McDonald's. So we go into McDonald's, and I'm, like, really nervous, and he's looking disheveled. Now we're in McDonald's, and we get up to the front counter, and I'm like, I just wish this would hurry up. So what do you want to eat? And he says, I just want the meal of the day. Said, What's the meal of the day? It's a hamburger, like a little skinny 99-cent hamburger. So do you want fries with that? Do you want a drink? Do you want a milkshake or anything? No, I just want the meal of the day. We get the meal of the day. I sit the guy down. I'm supposed to say something. What am I supposed to do? I said, um, there you go. Enjoy. Said, Thanks, man. He's stuffing it in his mouth. And I said, um, uh, Jesus loves you. And he stopped eating, he put the hamburger down, and he goes, yes, he does. He ministered to me because I helped him. And I left, like, feeling so high. It was, it was amazing. When you keep the blessing to yourself, somebody doesn't get your help. You miss the blessing of being a nice guy, and you miss the opportunity to do what Jesus told you to do. When you keep the blessing to yourself, somebody doesn't get your help. You miss the blessing of being a nice guy. And they miss, you miss the opportunity of doing what Jesus told you to do. I've got one more story. One of the best times I've served God. I don't know if I'll get through this one. And a friend was in uh, Joyceville Penitentiary. I don't know if I'll get through this one. It was one of my employees. And he was uh, arrested and went to jail for internet child luring. It was a, it was a national story. I don't, you, maybe you even heard of some of this. He was charged two days, uh, two years less a day. First, he went to Penetang in the super jail in Penetang, Washington. I went there every single week for six months to see him in jail. It took me an hour to get there, an hour to get back, half an hour in the waiting room, and then the time to see him. It was like a half a day out of my life that I went to do this. The first time I was in the visitor's room, I'd never been in jail before. They're really boring. They have beige walls. There's nothing on the walls. It's like one big echo chamber. And uh, since my first time there, I waited in the waiting room. I had to take everything out of my pockets. I couldn't take anything in with me except a piece of paper with a picture on it to show him. I go into the, the visitor's room, and there's all these metal stools that are really cold when you sit on them. And there's 12 of them. And there's 12 windows. So they could be like 12 visitors and 12 inmates. And so I sat down, and then... Uh, they brought out Jason, and he was sitting on the other side of the glass. And I'm just looking at him. He had a big smile on his face. And he's wearing an orange jumpsuit, and he had a big smile on his face. I don't know if he was faking or not. He was generally a pretty happy guy. And so I talked to him for half an hour on the phone through the glass, kind of like they do on TV. I'm thinking, like, this is real. You really do this. 
And then there's a beep in the phone, and it's like, you got five minutes. Beep, you got two minutes. Beep, you got 30 seconds. And then we're talking, we're talking, and then, and that's over. It's like, put the phone down. Yeah. And so then Jason, he puts his hand up on the window like this. It's like, and so I put my hand up on the glass, just like they do on TV. Oh, man, I'm getting chills right now. So it's like, I got to go. Like, the time's up. I, I got to leave now. And he's like, okay, I'll see you next time. So I'm leaving. I'm at the door to leave, and I turn around, and I look, and he's doing this. And uh, so then I left, and I went out to the car, and I took that picture. And uh, actually, that that's from Joyceville. I took one in, in Penetang, and I did what anybody would do. I posted it on Facebook. And 30 seconds later, ding, there's a comment, and it says... Um, he says, Matthew 25, 36. That's all he said. 25, 36. What is it? Oh, I know what that is. So I Google it and I look it up. It's, I was in prison and you visited me. And that's exactly what I just did. But I didn't do it because it was in the Bible. I did it because like, I just wanted to do this for my friend and for my former employee. And I can't believe that I did that. Like, it blessed me to do that. Well, then they transferred him. And he says, I'm going to be moving to Kingston. I'm going to be there for uh, a year and a half. And I said, oh, dude, like... Kingston's four hours away. I'm not driving to Kingston. Uh, like, maybe I'll go once. And uh, so after a year and a half, I went eight times. I went eight times. His mom didn't go. His dad didn't go. His brother didn't go. His best friend didn't go. The only guy that went was the guy that he used to work for. And I'm so glad I went. And I learned a lot, and, and I got to bless him. And, and, and it blessed me as well. Sometimes... <laughs> Sometimes I get it right. I'm getting it right more often as I get older. But I just go back to the very beginning now. Like, why are we so dull? Leading friends to the Lord should be a really big deal. Filling a void in somebody's life should be a really big deal. Well, I can't lead someone to Jesus right now because I'm not really close to God right now. Or um, I'm not giving them my money because I worked really hard. I'm, I'm stuck in pornography, so this is not a good time for me to be like talking to somebody about God. Or I'm an overeater. I eat too much. I need to diet. I'm a really lousy example. I can't do that. Or the big one is, I'll do it when God is asking me to. When he wants me to, then I'll share my faith. He's already asked you to. It's in the Bible. Always be prepared. Always be prepared to be God's ambassador. Satan is going to tell you that you're not worthy to do it. But he's the one that's unworthy. Satan's the one that's unworthy. We need to be prepared to do this. God has used a lot of weirdos in the Bible. A lot of broken people just like us. And he's going to use us too. Yeah. So here's a sh I'm wrapping it up now. Here's a short version. If you don't know how to lead someone to Christ, learn how to do it. Always be prepared. Let them see Christ in you. Look for a place to fill the void. The world is full of nice people. But we're different because we have the love of Christ in us. So let's get excited about it. They need to see that. Let's stop being dull. Let's be astonished by our salvation. Christianity is life-changing, right? If your life isn't changing, you should stop and ask God why. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, God, for this day and for this message, and I'm so excited to share it. Thank you for the opportunity to do this, God. I pray that we would be able to be astonished and excited about our salvation because you did such a big thing for us. We should be 
thrilled and excited and unable to stop talking about it. I pray for uh, Cornerstone Church, and they've got amazing vision here, and they've got a great lead pastor, and I pray for Pastor Wayne and Pastor Isaac, and I, I see about this renovation of the sanctuary as things are growing and, and needs are growing. I pray, God, that you would give them the wisdom and the money to make all this happen. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Aurora Cornerstone podcast. Remember to subscribe. For more information about our church and our ministries, visit auroracornerstone.ca.